Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Hey, as we keep moving through our series on creating a system of sales management, I have been really, really excited about this episode for a while. Now, just to recap where we've been so far this season, in the first part of our series, we talked about how we have to set sales goals and put together compensation plans before anything else, right? We have to understand where we want our sales to go this year and how we're going to pay our people to get us there. After that, in part two, we talked about utilizing a documented sales process. And for me, there's a seven-step sales process that I recommend teaching. And if you don't use that, use something like that. But you have to pick your process, document it, teach it, practice it, and coach it. Those are all the things it takes to utilize a documented sales process. Last week, we covered operating from a sales dashboard, and we talked about some of the things to look for in a dashboard and why the juice is worth the squeeze when it comes to adopting this. There's going to be pain in operating a sales dashboard for the first time, but this is a powerful tool that's absolutely worth it. Now, as we move into today's episode, we're going to discuss coaching the right behaviors. So, Oftentimes, I've seen when it comes to a sales process, people might know what they want in theory, and they might complain about their team members when they don't do what's in their head, but they don't coach it. And this is a really, really big deal because your team members on the sales floor, even if they sit through training, even if they have the sales process given to them in front of them, unless you sit down side by side to work with them on the specific behaviors that you want to see, chances are that your team may not do it, or they might get rusty, or they might develop bad habits if you're not there side by side to work with them week in and week out on these processes. So we're going to jump into some specific behaviors that I think are really, really important to coach to on the sales floor that I've seen make a really big difference. Now, after this week, as we go through the rest of the season, we have just a few more weeks in this series, and we'll be talking next week about the key measurements that we should operate from. I think that there's a lot of confusion about this, and many people are looking at measurements that are more lag measurements, that lead measurements, and it would almost be like steering your sales team by looking at the rear view mirror of your car versus out the front windshield. And we want to look at both measurements, but we want to be looking at what is happening in front of us as opposed to what's already happened behind us. So that's going to be next week. We'll talk about key measurements. The following week, we'll discuss a regular sales meeting. This is something that is just really, really important to do. And I'm going to lay out how to go through it putting together an agenda, a scoreboard, and things like that. And then finally, in the last week of this series, we're going to discuss sales practice and how your business should have a commitment to regular sales practice. I was literally just talking yesterday with a retailer that's on the West Coast of the United States, and we were discussing some of the difficulties that they're having in their business, and they're at the point where things are starting to tighten up, so they're looking at their different costs and trying to figure out, you know, how do we make sure we're making the most of all of our sales, And I'm just hearing this more and more and more that sales are not coming in the way that they were in years prior. And now more than ever, 
our companies have to adopt a sales process and a management system. We have to be businesses that are playing offense with our sales instead of playing defense. So I think this episode today is going to be really, really helpful. Once we have people in place and we're starting to operate from a dashboard, how do we coach the right behaviors? Well, that's what we're going to discuss for the rest of this episode. So get out a pen and paper because here we go. All right, as we get started with this conversation today, I want to talk about why it's so important, first of all, to be a coach for your business. So I think that in many companies, there is a boss, and if your company's fortunate, there might even be a sales manager, but there's not always a coach. So a coach is somebody who comes alongside, and I think about the image of a basketball coach, someone that comes alongside a player on the court, puts their arms, their feet, their hands into the right position and says, hey, why don't you try it like this? Someone who could coach the form of a jump shot. You know what? Your elbow's a little bit too far out. If you bring your elbow in, that jump shot's going to have a lot more power. That's really what your team needs. They need a coach who can show them how to do it. So I found very often that owners and managers of companies are so busy in the whirlwind of the day that they don't have the time or make the time to actually observe their salespeople on the floor in action in the wild. Instead, there might be a hurried meeting in the morning and there might be complaints about, oh, I wish this person would just do it better or they wouldn't do it this way. But there's not that hour by hour, moment by moment coaching. So for me, one of the things that I like to do whenever I go into businesses is I just like to observe what's happening on the floor. And so if someone's working with a customer, I'll try to go to a part of the showroom where I can hear what's going on, but not be distracting from that interaction. So I might be working on straightening up brochures somewhere in the area. I might go around a corner and just sit there and listen. I might go sit down somewhere in the showroom and work from my laptop, but be able to hear and observe the things that are going on. This is really, really important. Now, one of the things that I like to do when it comes to coaching is I like to make sure that I affirm the things that the person does well. We talked about this earlier, but your team is probably not in a position where they hear words of encouragement in many facets of their life, just in general. People don't hear a lot of words of encouragement. So I would recommend, first off, when you're coaching them, affirming the things that you can affirm. If they have a great demeanor with customers, if they gave a phenomenal greeting, anything that you can affirm, I would affirm that at the beginning. Now, when it comes to the actual behaviors, there are a few behaviors that I really, really want to talk about, and you're going to have to coach your team to these. The first behavior is that you want to coach your team to sit down and understand the customer's problem. This is something that I just, I believe in so much. And this is actually true. Even if you're a company that doesn't have a showroom, if you're in the customer's house for an appointment, we need to sit down to understand their problem. So whenever a customer comes into the showroom, you want your team to greet them and to transition the customer to sit down somewhere. And this can be really difficult to do. This is why it takes coaching. So I've seen team members ask customers a lot of questions standing up. I've seen team members very awkwardly try to get them to sit down and customers have been a little bit weirded out by it and and we have to coach to this. So 
one of the things that I love to coach the team to is to say something to the effect of when the customer's in the showroom, you know, they say, hey, we're in here looking at a wood stove. You want to coach your team to say something to the effect of, oh, that's awesome. You know, we have a bunch of wood stoves on display, as you can see. And not every wood stove will actually work in every different home situation. So if it's okay, I'd love to sit down just for a minute or two to learn a little bit more about your project and ask a few questions about it. And that way we can make sure to show you a wood stove that's going to be a really good fit for your home. Does that sound okay? Doing it like that is very non-threatening. And what it does is it plants that seed of doubt in the customer's mind that not everything will work. And that's actually true. That's a true seed of doubt that not everything will work. But your team needs to verbalize that to the customer. And the reason that you have to coach this is that it takes time, repetition, and practice to be able to smoothly move a customer from standing up when they walk in to sitting down with your team. This is a behavior that you really need to coach. And it's to the point where if there's ever an interaction with a customer who's looking at a fireplace where the team is taking them to the products on the floor within, I mean, honestly, even within a minute or two of them coming into the showroom, there's something that's happening that's wrong. And we need to coach this behavior. Otherwise, it will keep happening. You want to have your team be able to build the muscle where the process of someone walking in the store is after the initial greeting, we sit down to talk about the project and make sure that we understand their problem. Just this simple difference of sitting down with every single customer will make a huge difference in that person's sales success. I have a friend that told me one time, it's amazing how when customers sit down, their wallet falls out. And I think that there's truth to that. Just from a human-to-human perspective, when we sit down with customers, we naturally start to build a connection, and there's not as much pressure to go, go, go. So coach your team to sit down and understand the customer's problem. You can do this by, you know, hey, you did a great job with this customer. I noticed there was some information when you guys were talking about the product that you didn't have. And next time, if you sit down with that customer, they're going to give that to you early so that you have what you need. Here, let's try it right now. Let me be the customer. You be the salesperson. Let's go. This is the moment by moment coaching that just needs to happen on the fly. You know, Dave Packard, one of the founders of HP, he called it management by walking around. This is where you observe your team in the wild and you help them. So that's the first behavior that we want to coach to physically sitting down to understand the customer's problem every single time. Now, with this too, your company should have some kind of a pre-flight checklist or maybe you use Wi-Fi or a different program that's digital that has a pre-scripted list of questions to go through with your customers. Make sure in these coaching interactions that you're coaching your team to use these tools. They have to use them. No salesperson is good enough on their own consistently to not use notes or questions or something like that with their customers. It'd be like a pilot going to take off for a flight and feeling confident that they don't need the pre-flight checklist. You know, they might land some of the time, but it's not a recommended practice for safety and consistency in the long run. Okay, the next behavior that we want to coach our teams to is writing up estimates every single time for every single customer. Now, this is a behavior that we have to coach to. So you want to set the expectation for your team that when a customer walks into the showroom, Every single customer walks out with an estimate. Now, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic because there are going to be people that come in 
for will calls or there's people for gasket rope or a piece of single wall vent pipe. Those folks don't need an estimate on a wood stove or a gas insert written up for them. But of the people who come into the showroom looking for a stove, looking for a fireplace, looking at a zero clearance unit, those folks need to walk out with an estimate. And I would actually recommend that you start to track this. Now, whenever I work with businesses, this is really, really common. I always ask companies, how do you do with your estimate percentage of the people who come into the store looking at a wood stove or a gas insert or a pellet fireplace of those people, what percentage walk out with an estimate in their hands? And the answer I always get is, oh, we do pretty good. I mean, you know, we're around 80% or so. We, we write up a lot of estimates. And then I ask them to start tracking their door swings. And guys, without fail, the number comes out to less than 20% without fail. I, I just had this happen recently with a company who's a, a great business and they're growing, but when they started tracking it, their percentages were low. You know, they were like 15, 16%. And this is what happened in, in my business. If you would have asked me, you know, eight, 10 years ago, Tim, what percentage of customers do you write up estimates for that walk into the showroom? I would have said, oh, I don't know. Like we don't get all of them, but yeah, probably 80% or so. When we started measuring it, it was about 17%. It was well under 20%. And, and what happens is the sales team starts to rationalize, well, they weren't that serious. I mean, they came in just looking for information. But again, this is where the coaching comes in. Think about this. How many fireplace stores have you ever walked into because you had nothing better to do? None. I mean, no one ever has. Your customers do not walk into the fireplace store because they're just looking for information. Even if they are looking for information, they need a price for their project. So what we want to do when it comes to coaching to writing up estimates for the team is first set the expectation. Every person that comes in looking at a fireplace, a stove, or an insert, including the ones that say they're only after information, we need those people to walk out with an estimate. If you really want to get to the nitty gritty, what I recommend is 80%. That's what I coach to. Eight out of 10 people that come in looking for a gas insert should walk out with an estimate for a gas insert. But you need to assume 100 because if you, if you I mean, even, even assuming 100%, it's still tough to get 80. This is not an easy practice, but it's something that your team needs to do. The reason that it's not easy is most of the time not because the customer's unwilling, but it's because the sales team is awkward or they're fumbling around how to do this and it doesn't work well for the customer. So we want to coach to this, writing up estimates. The best way that I know how to do this is in the showroom after you have explained how this product could solve the customer's problem, you go to step four of our sales process, which is we explain the process. And what we do for the customer, like we said a couple episodes ago, is we say, hey, Mrs. Customer, so it looks like this XYZ gas fireplace could be a really good fit for your home based on everything that we talked about. So I'd love to explain the way that all of our jobs work. It's three pretty simple steps. So step one, before you leave today, we'll write you up an estimate for this fireplace. So that way you understand approximately what the job is going to cost. Step two, if those numbers look good, we can schedule our estimator to come out to your house and take a look at the job firsthand, and they're going to make sure there was nothing that was missed in our conversation today when they're actually out at your home and they see it in person. And then finally, step three, if you feel comfortable with all of that, we can go ahead and get you scheduled for an install. Now, that is really, really powerful because what you're doing is you're saying, 
So here's the way that all of our jobs work. You, in you saying that, what you're doing is you're saying, don't worry, there's nothing scary. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Other people have had this same thing happen. We do it every day. It'd be like the surgeon telling you, hey, you know what? This procedure, don't worry about it. I do hundreds of these a year. You're going to be just fine. There's a reassurance in that. I'd like to explain the way that all of our jobs work. And then you go, step one, before you leave today, we'll write you up an estimate for this fireplace so that way you understand approximately what it's going to cost. Now think about that. That is pretty logical. It's pretty logical that the customer who came into a store to potentially buy something would get a price on the thing that they were potentially looking to buy. That's very, very logical when you say, before you leave today, we're going to write you up an estimate for this fireplace so that, so that you understand approximately what this is going to cost. Coach that behavior, right? Have your team practice it, recite it for you. Practice it in front of them. You know, with the next customer, you jump in and do it. But practice that behavior. You want to build a muscle of your team writing up estimates. When I go and work with companies, I I truly find the companies that have sales success are companies who write a lot of estimates on the showroom floor and in the home. And this behavior, again, this this three-step process, it works in the home. Step two is a little bit different. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. But when your technician's in the home, You should coach the behavior of them completing their estimate and presenting it to the customer before they leave every single time. We talked about this with Alan Rush last season, that when you're out of the customer's house, this is the time that they really want to make a decision. So you've got to finalize that estimate, even if it makes your in-home visit take an extra hour or even an hour and a half. You got to finalize that thing because people are busy. And if you leave, They're out of sight, out of mind, and they're probably moving on to the next thing since you didn't take advantage of the moment. Okay, so that's the second behavior to coach. The first behavior was to sit down, physically sit down to understand the customer's problem. The second behavior to coach with your sales team is to write up estimates. Write up estimates for virtually every customer that comes into your showroom looking at a fireplace or a stove. There is no such thing as an information customer or a looky-loo. There's no such thing. Those count against your total of estimates to write up. Now, again, there's a little bit of grace. Shoot for 80%. But when I say every, that's the mentality, is the customer needs to physically stop you from writing up the estimate. Otherwise, you're going to write one up. Okay, behavior number three is regular follow-up. You need to coach your team to this. Set the expectation that we follow up with our customers, and then you're going to have to coach to it. Now, when it comes to regular follow-up, this piggybacks off of the sales dashboard that we talked about last week, but there's a dirty little secret in our industry, and it's that most companies don't follow up with their customers at all. Most companies don't follow up with their customers at all. And the reason why is because that behavior is not established as important, it's not measured, and it's not coached to. And when you don't establish a behavior as important, when you don't measure to it, and when you don't coach to it, it doesn't happen. But follow-up is the way that we are going to make sales when things start to slow down. Like This is one of the primary ways that we move from playing defense to playing offense with our sales. So... What I would recommend with your team is we establish, hey, we need to build out this follow-up process. And the behavior that I would coach is that each team member working for you has 15 follow-up calls per week. 
that they're making with their customers, 15 a week. If you think about it, that's only three a day. If they work five days a week, it's not that hard to do. But over time, that 15, you know, week one turns into 30, week two turns into 45, week three. I mean, you're talking 60 follow-ups a month for each of your salespeople. This will pay dividends over time. Follow-ups a lot like compound interest. In any one day, in any one call, you know, you may not see the needle move, but over time, I mean, you again, you give me 60 follow-ups per month per salesperson, like I like those odds as the months go by. It's like compound interest, but you have to coach to it. So what I would recommend doing is literally showing your team how to block out time in their calendar to follow up. I would advise that each of your team members carves out two 60-minute blocks per week to do follow-up with their customers. And and this is something that you can coach to. You can show them like literally, hey, here's how you block out your calendar on your schedule. Here are the people to talk to to make sure that the showroom floor is covered. And then this is the place to go to make your follow-up calls. And for their first you know 60-minute block, you can literally be with them to show them how to do it. But what I would find myself doing often on the showroom floor is coming alongside my team members and saying, hey, how's your follow-up going? How many people have you followed up with this week? Okay, cool. Hey, is there anybody I can help you with? And literally, like, I would jump on right next to them with their sales dashboard, and we would just start making follow-up calls together. This is how we coach to the behavior that we want to see. We come alongside, we ask them how it's going, we help them block out their calendar, and we actually do it with them. Now, one of the things that I love when it comes to to follow-up is I'm actually looking at this on a coffee mug right now for my friend Bradley Hartman. You are owed nothing. Deliver value first. And this is really, really important when it comes to your follow-up. So follow-up is really scary for your team members. It is. And that's the reason that they don't want to do it. The reason they don't want to do it is they're afraid. They feel like they're going to come across as sleazy or as pushy or a jerk. And it is safer and easier for them to not do anything. And this is just the way that our human minds work. So we want to be able to coach our team in how to give value to a customer when we're making a follow-up call. What would be a valuable thing we could do? You know, one of the things I love to coach to is to say, you know what, before you make this follow-up call, let's look through our past installation pictures and find a really, really cool picture that reminds you of their project. Now, when you call this customer, you can just check in and say, hey, Mr. Smith, I'm calling you back about your fireplace project. We actually went out to your house last week. I saw a picture today from our installation teams of a job we just finished that just reminded me of your project. I thought it looked so amazing and I wanted to give you a call and I'm going to actually email this to you as well. You know, that's a very small thing, but it's a gracious act that hopefully gives a little bit of value for that customer. Now, maybe your customer was nervous because of the price and there wasn't a sense of urgency to do their job right now. So you call them because of an upcoming promotion that ends at the end of the month. That's something that can give value to the customer. It's a reason to call them. And you want to coach your team with this. Listen to your team when they make follow-up calls, affirm what works, but then give them some coaching on, hey, that was great. Next time you do that, though, why don't you try this? Again, it's just like that basketball coach coming alongside someone shooting a jump shot and physically moving their elbow, helping them with their follow through. This is how we start to grow the right behaviors on our sales team. You know, if you think about this, so far, the three behaviors that we've talked about coaching to number one are sitting down with the customer to understand their problem. Number two, writing up estimates 
coaching to that, building that behavior every single time. And then finally, number three, regular follow-up. These are things that are not glorious. They're very, very simple. And, you know, sometimes when you listen to like fancy sales podcasts or you read business books, the things they tell you to do are really complicated. And, and these aren't. Every single one of these will almost immediately move the needle with your team. And, and, and they're very, very simple, but you've got to coach to it because if you don't coach to this, no one else is. And so your team will revert to what is easy. I don't think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I, I really, really believe that the number one rule of sales in our industry is that salespeople will take the path of least resistance, even if that path is not selling something to the customer. Salespeople often take the path of least resistance. And so what you have to do is you have to build the practice. You got to start to remove the resistance where it just becomes the natural muscle that they flex to follow up with their customers. Again, we talked last week about how often you should follow up. I believe it's a minimum of seven times on all of your A and B level opportunities, but you got to coach your team to this. Okay. The final behavior that we need to coach into our teams is filling out a weekly progress report. So whenever I get a consulting engagement where I'm acting as a remote sales manager, where I come into a business and I work with the team, you know, this is all digitally, and I try to help them improve their sales and build out a framework of sales management that when I step out, the the company manager or the sales manager can step into. The first thing I do is I implement a weekly report. And this idea was given to me by Grant Falco years ago. And for the rest of my life, any person that I manage or lead in a company is going to give me a weekly report. I believe that this is absolute ground zero for improving performance and helping people. So what we want to do is we want to coach this behavior. You need to establish that we are going to fill out a weekly report. And this is the way that we're going to understand how we're all doing. And, and what I can be doing as a leader to help you guys get better and better and better and remove obstacles. So on the weekly report, there are just a few basic questions that I really believe in. So question one on the weekly report is how many new estimates did you write up in the last week? This means that your team needs to actually dig for it. You know, if they have a sales dashboard, They can look at their dashboard and see how many new opportunities are in there, but your team needs to go and find this number. Question number two is, how many customers who haven't purchased yet did you follow up with this week and who were they? So your team might say, I followed up with 12 customers this week and I want their names. Even though their names are technically in the sales dashboard somewhere, the team needs to physically put their names on the report. Question number three, what's the most important thing you can do next week to move the needle with your sales? And your team can, you know, write a sentence about whatever that most important thing is. Question four, how did you do on your one thing for this current week? So you guys see the rhythm here? What's happening on this report is that your team is telling you, this is what I did this week. Here's how many estimates I wrote up. Here's how many customers I followed up with, and here's their names. Next, they're saying, this is what I want to do next week. They're setting a goal for a week from now. 
and then they're giving you progress on what their one thing was for this week. This is something that really will change behavior over time because without it, you really don't know how your team is doing. You really don't. It's just managing by emotion. But when every single week your team is giving you this information and you know, okay, hey, this person wrote up 12 estimates last week. They wrote up six two weeks ago. They wrote up 10 three weeks ago. That starts to give you a pattern of their productivity and their behavior. So if you notice for a couple of weeks in a row that their estimates are down, you can come alongside them and say, hey, I noticed your estimates have been down the last couple of weeks, and before, they were really, really high. What's been going on? Have we been slower in the showroom, or is there anything I can help you with? And and when you come at it that way, as opposed to the dictator that you know forces your will and, and, and crushes your team into dust, when you come alongside them as the coach, they really will start to open up and they'll tell you about the difficulties that they're having. Now, you can use this report to affirm the behaviors that you want to see. When your team is writing up estimates the way you want and they're executing follow-up, put them on highlight in front of the team. You know, you know, talk about, oh my gosh, Susie did an amazing job with follow-up. Susie, this is incredible. How have you been able to follow up with so many customers so effectively? Now, I gave you those four things on the report. Number one, how many estimates did you write? Number two, follow-ups. Number three, what's the one thing for next week? Number four, how did you do on your one thing for this week? I like to have a section that's optional at the bottom as well that asks if they want to share anything amazing that happened this week or if there's a frustration they've been dealing with that they need help with. This starts to give them an outlet to share the wins and for you to empathize where things are difficult. And there are going to be things that they tell you when it comes to frustrations that you never would have known and that you as a boss can go out and, and, and do something about. But again, without this rhythm of a weekly report, you have nothing. But when you combine the sales dashboard and coaching the right behaviors with a weekly progress report, something magic happens. Now, there's other things that you can have on this report for more advanced sales teams. There are some things that I've asked for when it comes to sales numbers and and things like that. But at the beginning, just keep it really, really simple. And and with this report, this is one of those things where I I will tell people that you have to fill it out. If you don't fill this report out every single week, your job is on the line. If you're on vacation, fill it out a day early. If you forget about it on Friday, fill it out on Saturday. But it has to be filled out to the point where you will not work here if you don't fill it out. And my rationale for that is that for me as a, as a leader, like if I'm you know, working with a team remote, I have literally no idea what they're doing unless they have a sales dashboard and unless they give me a report of what they did that week. This is my only outlet to help them. And even though you're not in a remote position like I am, it's really the same thing that you do not have a way to understand how your team is performing and how you can help them unless they can give you some kind of progress report. And really, if you look at those four questions I just gave you, I mean, this report will take five minutes. So you can tell the team, like, I will help you fill this report out. I will pay you for the extra time it takes to stay late and do it on Fridays but I have to have a report at the end of the week, no matter what. So these are the behaviors that we want to coach. I gave you four of them. We need to coach our teams to sit down with customers to understand their problem. We need to coach our teams to write up estimates every single time. 
We need to coach our teams to follow up with customers regularly, to have a cadence of follow-up that is the natural and normal thing that they do in their sales process. And then finally, number four, we need to coach our teams into filling out a weekly progress report. This is not glorious, and it is incredibly simple, but these are the things that will move the needle with your sales team. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. As I've said, each of these weeks for the last few weeks, I have just loved this series. And I know it's a little bit of a departure in that these are all solo episodes so far versus our normal interview style. And we are going to be getting back to that. But I just felt like for this time right now with where businesses are and with what I'm seeing, I wanted to really make the investment of diving deep on some of these basic practices of sales management because I am not seeing them done in many businesses in our industry. And I think that by going really, really slow and getting into the nitty gritty of how do I coach it? How do I implement it? I think that there's going to be some fruit for that. So in a little bit, we will get back to our normal style of interviews. But for now, I appreciate you listening and I hope that you've gotten a lot of value out of this. You know, being a coach is is tough. I mean, coaching and mentoring, it, it takes time. Everything that I just talked about in this episode, I mean, it, it's not going to change in, in a week, even two weeks. You are probably going to have to commit to this for a number of months before you start to see the change, but it's worth it. And, and, and I think that this is a lot like parenting, you know? I've got little kids, and if, if you tell your kid once what you expect... And even if you show them once, it's not going to stick. They got too many other things. Their little brains are going a million other directions and they're growing and developing. It will not stick. And this is the same thing. It just needs to be a normal cadence of helping your teams every week, laying the expectation down, coaching to it, affirming where they do well, disciplining and correcting where they're not doing it well. And then again, affirming the expectation that is out there. Many business owners and even sales managers, they they operate kind of like the the husband that says, well, I told my wife I loved her 15 years ago, and if it ever changes, I'll let her know. So I, I, don't, I don't need to tell her again. You know, I mean, and like, no, like, no, like, we, like, if you're a husband, like, you need to tell your wife that you love her constantly, all the time. This is not a one-time act that will carry us through. No, it's not. With your teams, oh, I trained them on this six months ago. Okay, great. Like, well, they probably forgot about it. Or they obviously thought it wasn't important because you never talked to them about it again, right? So we want to be a coach that comes alongside day in and day out and is helping our people. And truly, as you do this, I'm telling you, you will start to make a connection with your team. You really, really will. I'm guessing that many people don't invest in your team members. And when you can come alongside as a coach and you can teach them a skill set that's powerful, that makes them money and that helps their customers, it will grow loyalty to you. Now, I've talked about this the last couple of weeks, but at Wi-Fire, we have put together a program to try to help with everything that we've been talking about with the podcast season so far, and especially today's episode, and it's our sales accelerator program. For many companies, they're like, yes, I want to do this, but they need the administrative help to actually make it happen. So the way that our sales accelerator program works is it's a weekly and a monthly rhythm 
to invest in your team and give them the tools they need so that you can take it and run. And what happens is every Monday, we send the people in the Sales Accelerator program about a 10-minute sales training video to inspire them and motivate them for what they're going to do this upcoming week. On Wednesdays, we send them a message to follow up with four customers that day, and we give them a quick tip on how to do it. Finally, every Friday, we send them a link to fill out a weekly report, just like the one that we talked about today. And that report goes straight to you and any other management people within your company. But that rhythm of Monday sales training video, Wednesday follow up with customers, Friday weekly progress report, this is powerful. And all you have to do as the manager or as the owner, all you have to do is just tell your team to fill out the report. We will take it from there. But you will start to know how your team is doing. The final part of this is that every single month, we invite everyone in the Sales Accelerator program to participate in a 60-minute live Zoom call where I go through sales training and techniques. We go through live sales practice. I answer questions, and I help the people on the call overcome obstacles that they're dealing with in their day-to-day job. So that rhythm of weekly accountability with your team combined with the monthly training call is something that we think is really powerful. Now, this is only available long-term to people who subscribe to wi but we're giving away 30 days of it totally free to anybody who wants. So you can at least learn the rhythm, even if you're not a Wi-Fi partner. And the way that you can sign your team up for this is to go to wifire.com slash sales. That's W-H-Y-F-I-R-E dot com slash sales. You know, as we move on into these final episodes here, we're going to be, you know, shifting the focus to talk about metrics to look at. We're going to be discussing sales meetings, and this is really where the rubber meets the road. To implement a sales process and to build a framework of sales management, it's not that you have to do one thing, but it's that you have to build an ecosystem where your people can operate and thrive. And that's what happens as we coach the right behaviors, as we start to look at the right measurements, as we run a regular sales meeting, and as we practice, things really start to come together but it takes time, discipline, and effort. Now, if this podcast today has been a blessing to you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash it's fire time. And we are seriously so thankful to those of you who contribute monthly to help support this podcast even if you're not in a position to be able to contribute financially, just you listening to it and sharing it with other people is incredible and we we don't take it lightly. So thank you. Now, as you go out this week, we're, we're, you know, in a time where showroom traffic has slowed down a little bit. I would imagine that many in-home visits have slowed down too. I want you to look for intentional moments to coach these behaviors with your team. Now, maybe you've never even talked about why these behaviors are important, so you need to actually have a meeting where you discuss them. But my guess is that you might have already discussed some of these in the past with your team. Now it's time to come alongside them as their coach. I want you to look for specific moments this week where you can do that with people in your company. If you can do that long-term, good things are gonna happen. So that is it for today's episode. I'm really, really excited for next week. You've got your homework. Go and do likewise. Thank you for listening to the Fire Time Podcast. 
To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn.